Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Welcome back to a Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study Podcast. We're glad you could join us and be a part of our family. Before we get into the Word, promise can you please pray for us? Yes. Lord, just thank you for setting a rune and stone and a standard for us to live by so we don't live in a crazy manner. Lord, I also thank you for putting everything in a purpose so that we don't lag behind. In the name of Jesus, amen. We welcome you today, Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so we're continuing our study. In First Peter chapter 2, and we're going to begin in verse 11. Could I get a volunteer to read through verse 17, please? I will. And it says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims obtained from fleshy lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme, or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as a bondservant of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Well, amen. Thank you. Thank you, so, We're going to open up with you guys to share what the Holy Spirit's ministering to you and ask any questions that you may have. All right? Okay. Who wants to begin? I will. All right, promise. What you got, sir? I found it interesting that Peter was talking about how yet submit to the governors and not, oh, they're this evil governor, so I'm not going to do it. They say you should still abide by the laws of the land, like what Abraham did. Explain, sir. What did Abraham do? Just because of the people they were following the Lord, he didn't go, well, every law they make, I'm not going to do that. He said, well, this is the law of the land. Okay. How do you know Abraham did that? Right, yeah, where is that? Excuse me. Uh, I think I understand what you're saying. And I think you can see more of that, though, in Daniel, right? Yes. Um, Than in Abraham, if you will. Right, with Daniel, even after people had tried to create a trap for him, right, what happened? He remained steadfast with the Lord and continued the habits, the patterns, the, the customs, it says, and this was his custom, that he 
uh, prayed three times a day, right? Yes. He didn't deviate from anything that he was already doing. He fully was obedient to the laws of the king. And this, that was the third king, King da- uh, the laws under King Darius. That was the third, if not fourth king, right? Because he first had a king when he was in Jerusalem and then was brought into captivity. And then three kings later, right? He was continuing the same patterns and habits and ways in his relationship with the Lord that he had walked in from his youth, not defiling himself before God. It wasn't rebelling against the king or the kingdom. In that one law, he could not worship the king, and he could he was not going to be obedient to any law that would come between him and his relationship with the Lord. Right? And that yes. that's a choice. It wasn't out of rebellion, right? Because what was what was the Lord's testimony after Daniel was delivered out of the lion's den? It was the Lord. He said he had been found blameless. Yeah, Daniel's testimony. Daniel's testimony Mm -hmm. that he got from the Lord while Mm -hmm. in the lion's den, hadn't yet been brought out of it, was that the Lord had said he was blameless. Daniel was blameless before God and had not disobeyed the king. Right? Yes. So that's significant. That matters. And it matters because we don't want to twist this. And yes, while there there may be evil rulers, right? King Darius, using the Daniel example, was not acting uprightly, righteously at that time. However, Daniel wasn't finding fault with him, wasn't accusing him, wasn't right doing all these, these things. He was still being a peacemaker. He had just determined in his heart he was not going to let anyone or anything come between him and his relationship with the Lord. Daniel's, that is. So it's important for us to note that. So there is a, um, an application of rightly dividing the word. Absolutely. And um, understanding what it is, what the will of the Lord is. So we have the apostle saying here, um, you know, for us to, what does it say? What were you, what was your... Um, verse, let's see, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors, as to those who sent them, uh, are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. So what the Lord wants us to do when we study his word and as we're looking out through our life is to use all of the information that he provided to us for when Jesus was in the earth and the, the Pharisees and whatnot were questioning him, they said, well, what's the greatest commandment? What's the, they questioned him about the commandments and which one was the first and most important. And well, yep, go ahead. Go ahead love the Lord your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what was the next one? Love, love your, your neighbor, neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. On these hang all the law and the prophets, right? Yes. So, that being said, if the Lord our God is one and we shall have no other God before him, it means that his rule of law is what is absolutely supreme. And his will and his desire, his standard, his righteousness does not change. So when we come to look at our lives, we are not to usurp his, his authority We are in any way, shape, or form. We are not to put anything above what God has already plainly stated in his word. 
So what happens is if someone, for, for an example, takes comes to power or to leadership and you don't like them as a person, you don't have the right to now just go about rebelling against everything that they're doing just for the sake of you don't, I don't like you. Exactly. I don't, I don't believe that you should be in charge. I don't like that you're in charge. Any of those things, you still have to follow the rule of law. However, when such rule comes and positions itself in conflict, well, what God has already clearly stated that we should govern ourselves by, this is his heart. You know, for example, if he calls something an abomination, just because a ruler comes and says, now I made it legal, it's okay, does not change the fact of what our Heavenly Father has already said about it. Amen. So that becomes our perspective. And you are not to engage in those things because not, God does not change himself and um, conform himself by the, the law in the land, by the rule of man. It's the other way around. We are to conform ourselves to him. Exactly. So as we're making our decisions, and even we, we talked about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, for example, and the worshiping this, this false, this idol that was set up before them, they had an obligation to stand on what God said. However, look at how they stood. They weren't angry signs yelling, bonking mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar on the head, you know, poking him with, with um, their, their picket signs. And, you know, they weren't doing that. But they were quietly making their stance and saying, when questioned about it, they answered, no, sir. <laughs> you know, that, that's, I'm para- paraphrasing that. Um, but they gave an answer that was still respectful it was still loving and it was still kind following all of what God commanded us to do, how he commanded us to carry ourselves, but they made their stand. We cannot support this law. We're not going to do that. We're not going to bow down and worship you because we have a God who is in heaven, right? Yes. So as believers, there are things, the world is in need of redemption. And as such, it is bound to do sinful things and ungodly things. Our job is to know for whom we stand, to know his word, and to let our gentleness be known by all, to let the peace of God rule in our hearts, and as we interact with the world around us, demonstrate, display, and diffuse the love of God through us, the fragrance of the knowledge of God. You don't wink at sin. You don't go in agreement with it. You don't participate in that. And you can respectfully say no and decline to participate in that law, right? Yes. But you don't get to say, just because I don't like you, sir or ma'am, if they've been put in a place of authority, you don't get the free reign to disrespect them. And that shouldn't be a part of you. We shouldn't want that anyway as believers, to be disrespectful and unloving. Exactly. Right? And that goes back to verse 12 over here, right? Or 11 and 12. I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. And verse 12 is key. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Again, I'll go back to the Daniel example. Right? And as you pointed out, honey, the, he wasn't picketing. He wasn't protesting. He wasn't leading marches and revolts and and all those things. He just maintained his steadfastness and faithfulness in and to the Lord. And still pray three times a day. Is that not what we're exhorted to do in the Bible? Pray for those. Mm -hmm. 
bless those that what? Curse you. And and then what's the other half of that? Do good to those who spitefully use you. Okay. So where is that in our conduct? Are we doing it? Is is what I'm really asking. Mm-hmm. Right? Or are we out there with the loudest voice right in, in the world? Judging and, and, and condemning people. Remember, it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. Again, we'll use Daniel. What, ha- what was the end result with Daniel? After all of that, the, the foundation for the trap, the trap, right? All the, the things that we're reading about here. Being spitefully used, being, um, being set up, spoken betrayed. against as being an evildoer. What was his response? He attacked them. No. no, no. He just continued to pray. Mm-hmm. He continued to pray, and even to the point of when he was thrown in the lion's den. Doesn't really say a whole lot about his response or resisting. Right, and none of that is said. Mm-hmm. And you know that's important. It is, and in in the in the balance. That belongs to us in Jesus Christ. Um, he is righteous. There may be a time where he says physically defend something. Absolutely. There may be a time. We see the children of Israel. He told them to fight at particular times, but they didn't make their life of war. And even when Jesus was in the garden and, you know, Peter took up his sword and chopped off the man's ear because he was he was trying to defend the Lord. He was trying to do what he thought what was, was right. And God said, those that live by the sword die by the sword. Put that away and put the man's ear back on. Mm-hmm. There are times, though, that God says, now I need you to stand up for this and, and resist that. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, let it be known how I feel about it. But how he says to go about that, you can, you can still resist certain things and do it in the love of God. But he is the one who determines which action you should take. And, you know, as we, we talked about many times in this, this um, podcast, Everything that you do should be brought before the Messiah to see what it is that he desires concerning it. What is his perspective on it? And, you know, I I believe that God gives us unique individual characteristics that make us who we are. And some of us are naturally fighters. You know, David was like, hey, wait a second, Goliath. He didn't blink twice and think twice. You know, he was ready to fight where everybody else was cowering. But there's a time and a place for that. And all the things that God puts on the inside of us are made to be subjugated to him and to be used at his good pleasure. They, they are made to be used in alignment with what brings him glory and honor and what he desires and when he desires for those particular attributes in us to come forward. So, you know, I believe he gives us that spirit that goes, no, that's wrong, and I'm not going to take that. But, 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 but. That has to be brought into subjection of the knowledge of God. And in particular, it has to be placed under the, the trusting care of the Holy Spirit who guides us in the way that we should go, who tells us what's right. He, he lets us know how to apply what God has given us and when is a rightful time for that. Um, you know, this country in particular, um, we're in the United States of America, there was a revolution that freed us, that gave us the permission to be who we are today. That had mm-hmm. to be done which required a physical um, resistance. But 
Did that mean that was our everyday life? Now we're just going around fighting every day. There's a sword fight in the street and cannons are booming. And, you know, 240-something years later, oh. cannons are booming in the street every day and we're still fighting. I didn't like that you parked in my parking spot. You know, then now there's a sword duel out there or pistols being, right? That's not, that's not God's way. And you can see there's a clear division between those. But how are we to know that except by the guidance of the Holy Spirit? except by the application of God's word and keeping our ears and our hearts keenly attuned to his voice and doing it his way. Yep. And with a commitment to do God's will, his way, when he says do it and how he says get it done. Because we all want the end result of that, right? We'll go back to the, to the Daniel example, right? What was the end result with Daniel being thrown in the lion's den? He was promoted. He was promoted, but... Better still, the king, King Darius, came to a full understanding, knowledge, and you could even say relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. acknowledging who God is, his character, his nature, his attributes, mm-hmm. in what he pronounced mm-hmm. and decreed immediately after. Did the king also have to right some wrongs and take care of, the, of a situation or, or stand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he sure did. Yep. Then take away from the fact that Daniel's actions, being led by the Holy Spirit, clearly ended up, and and Daniel being obedient to that, ended up bringing about change for the entire kingdom. And even through a foreign or Gentile king, exhorting God's people, the people of Israel, to worship the Lord in truth. Mm-hmm. To encourage them to come back and come into a committed relationship. Uh, I find that incredible. And that's the wisdom of the Lord. Mm-hmm. But we have to get his wisdom, receive his wisdom. He's the, and through his Holy Spirit, the spirit of counsel. Mm-hmm. There's no counsel against the Lord. That's right. We have to do it his way if we want to achieve his results. Mm-hmm. We have to comply with the Lord. So that was, that was a good promise. Thank you. Anyone else have anything they want to share? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, did you want to go? You can go first. Oh, okay. All right, Leila. Go for it. Um, Bubba, you can go, or Charles, you can go right after. Turning to the point that um, you and Mommy promised you're making in verse 16, it says, As free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God, which means... The liberty that Christ gives you in him, it should not be used to do your own wickedness as your own cloak or excuse to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, for an example, if mommy tells us we can go ride our scooters around the neighborhood, that does not mean use that freedom that she said to ride around the neighborhood to now go to five below. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or That's any right. of the other local stores. Yes. Mm-hmm. That means stay in parameters of what was stated. We are free in Christ, but we are still subject to his law and his guiding, as we should be. And there are still parameters that we must stay in line with, where it's not God gives you freedom and now you go live however you want to live. That's not how, that's not real freedom then. You would still be a slave to sin at that point. And what Jesus had done on the cross would have been useless and pointless, but it's not. So... 
it's not used to cover your own sin and to cover your own nonsense, but to come to him and help others come to him as well. First mm-hmm. John chapter 2, verse 3 says this, Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. So, as you said, if someone says, oh, I'm, I'm in Christ and I have liberty, yet they are disregarding and disobeying the commandments of the Lord, especially the, the love commandment, right? Yes. Then they're lying. The word clearly states, you, you may say it with your mouth, but you are not telling the truth. And they may be self-deluded, but either way, this is how God regards those who are in him. This is one of the ways we can tell whether we're in him or not. If you are saying, yes, oh, I love you, Jesus. Mm. But then when you examine your actions, do they confirm that word? Or do they... Contradict. Exactly. So that's important. And summed up, I think, in verse 17. Of? Uh, of what we are just reading in First okay. Peter 2, verse 17. He begins... By saying, honor all people. Not some. Not some. Honor all. Everyone is worthy of some type of honor. Regardless of their position. Right? Yes. yes. They've all done stuff that, if you will, and even if they didn't do anything to you, they're a person. You're a person. Should be treated equally. Mm-hmm. God right. died. Jesus died for them, just like He died for you. Exactly. And then it continues. Love the brotherhood. Of course, that He's talking especially about the the body of Christ, body of believers and Christians. Mm-hmm. But we're to love our neighbor as ourself, which is everyone. And then He says, "Fear God," mm-hmm. and then honor the King. Those that are put in authority over us. But. It starts with honor all people. Yes, absolutely. There are some people that, uh, if you will, are worthy of more honor. They've been given positions of right power and authority and, and put in charge over others. And actually, he kind of gets to that in the next section that we're going to read. But it's important. All people. It's, it's, you see, even in this, that we are to treat everyone equally. So it's important. It's something that should be applied to our lives. Mm-hmm. Not just based off positions of power and authority or mm-hmm. or how much money someone has or any of the other race or ethnicity or anything that mm-hmm. the flesh would try to use to create division mm-hmm. or different senses of value. The enemy would use, yeah. To the enemy, yes. Mm-hmm. The flesh, but in the flesh, the enemy has, mm-hmm. works, right? That's why we have to buffet our flesh and get it under control or submission mm-hmm. to the will of the Lord. It's treating everyone equally. Mm-hmm. With the same level of kindness. And love and, and compassion. Right. And so let's, let's make that full circle. So with that treating everyone the same, just, just to cover our bases, the love that I have for my husband is only for my husband. Let's just, <laughs> let's just make that clear. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
right? Because God tells us that adultery is wrong in his perspective. And even before you're married, you have a spouse that's assigned to you, so you should keep your body. So, right? Yes. The the um, God's commandment to love my children and discipline my children, that is for my children. I don't go down the street, you know, disciplining other people's kids. <laughs> Just, you know, random kids yeah, off yeah. the street. Do I love them with the love of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. Do they have the same opportunity to hear the word of God and be treated with dignity and respect? Absolutely. Absolutely. But there are, you know, the way God wants us to apply his love has a particular um, order, if you will. Yeah, order and structure. So, this in, you know. So, no, this is good. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yes. So, I'm his wife. Nobody else gets those, uh, yes, that, that kind of love from him. And, but. and likewise, on the other side, me towards you. Yes. So, so, yes. However, and I'm not negating that. Let's follow the order and the structure that Christ has for each one of us. All the way around. Absolutely. Exactly. And in doing so, everyone will have their needs ministered to, whatever that is, mm-hmm. and feel loved and respected and, I'll say, equal or have the same, quote-unquote, equity, since that is the word that's being thrown about today. It's really people looking for equality. Well, if we are treating everyone with the same love of Christ that he treated us with, mm-hmm. Everyone will feel equal and equally loved. And, you know, you cannot force someone to perceive righteousness or love, but what you can do, the Bible says, as much as depends on you, live Mm -hmm. peaceably with all men. So you do what's right, and however they perceive it is between them and the Lord. I, you know, I can't instill that and make someone uh, think of things in a certain way or be grateful or any of those kind of things. It's not my job, but my job is to walk in love. And Absolutely. that's our job as believers. We have to do what God asked us to do and let him deal with the other people in the world because they all belong to him. And he knows how to achieve his, accomplish his goal. All right, that's so, Isaiah fifty five eleven. right? His word goes forth and it does not return void, but accomplishes all he purposes. Mm-hmm. So, but Charles, you were going to share something that the Holy Spirit was mentioning to you about. Yes, um, verse 11 and 12, like that was pointing out. I just want to take you to Galatians 2.15. Wait, actually, you look back at the 14. Okay. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, If you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? Mm. Mm. The Lord was showing me that Peter, when he was saying that, he was also saying that we should be consistent all the way around. We shouldn't be giving into pleasures that sinners would find pleasurable in their flesh. And do that, but you have to be consistent in how you act. There's no way that you are with sinners in a way that you are with your fellow Mm -hmm. brothers in Christ. It Mm -hmm. should be consistent all the way around. Because how does that show anybody that you're a true follower of Christ? Mm -hmm. It just, it shows that you are confused and you have a double mentality of how you're supposed to act. 
and it brings nobody to Christ if you're acting like them because a role model is somebody who acts differently, not goes with the crowd. Mm -hmm. They show others how to be and what to do. That's it. Oh, excellent. That's good. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to cover a little more of that here in the next section, right? So I get a volunteer to read from verse 18 in First Peter, from verse 18 to 25, please, or through 25. Okay, I will. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. For this is commendable if because of conscience towards God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. What credit is it if, when you are beaten for your faults, you take it paint patiently? Patiently. Mm-hmm. But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For this, for to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was credit found in his mouth. Deceit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, nor committed himself <coughs> to him who judges, but committed himself to him who judges rightfully, righteously. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Keep going, baby. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. For whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now... Return to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Mm-hmm. So, what did everybody get out of that? Especially in light of what we've just discussed in verses 13 through 15. You get, go answer, Layla. It's okay. Well, in we'll just read verses eighteen through twenty-one. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. For this is commendable, if because of conscience toward God one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it if, when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently. This is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. What Peter is getting at is don't only show love towards those who treat you nicely, like mm-hmm. how Jesus said in the fair, about the uh, Pharisees. They being wicked know how to give their children good gifts gifts how much more does your father in heaven so you should be emulating that don't only treat the people that treat you nicely nicely but treat every person equally with the same amount of love that you would want demonstrated to you treat others how you want to be treated so if you want to he who wants friends must first show himself friendly mm-hmm. and and i don't mean friendly like doing niceties only when you're pleased but being Loving all the way around all the time, not mm-hmm. changing and deviating based on who's in front of you, if you will. Mm-hmm. And to the point of Peter when he says, well, if you're beaten for your faults, as in your sins, you're disciplined for your sins, and you take it patiently, what credit is it to you? You're, get, you're being disciplined. You earned it, essentially. So there's no reward for you. I don't mean to sound cruel, but 
getting what you deserved, what you've earned, what you you're reaping, what you have sown. The consequences for those actions. Correct. And like in the case of Daniel, if you're doing good, but you suffer, as in he was thrown into the lion's den on a, a false charge against him as in sinning, and you take it with patience, as in take it with love and just go quietly, then there is a reward for you after that. There is a reward for those who endure such trials when they're when they are found innocent before God, and they receive a reward for it, versus those who get the consequences for the actions they've done. Mm-hmm. So it's important that we make that clear distinction, and we remember that as we... Um, walk and live on the earth and we don't get it confused and twisted mm-hmm. and you know just do it right mm-hmm. amen yes so I, you, you've gotten i think the bigger point that i was looking at here there's really two sections one says submission to government the other says is might be titled submission to masters depending on which translation and mm-hmm. who makes your bible right mm-hmm. but in the reality there's no difference we should be consistent, right? Honoring all people. Right? That's that hinge point there in verse 17. Fearing God, loving the brotherhood, honoring all people, honoring the king. Didn't say you have to treat the king a certain way and treat your parents another way, right? Or, or anyone else, your, your boss, your supervisor, whoever it is. We should be consistent in all of our actions. That only happens when we completely submit to Christ, to his lordship, every area and aspect of our lives. Mm-hmm. That's how we become conformed to his image, mm-hmm. being led by the Holy Spirit, who's taking directly from our Heavenly Father and disclosing it to us. Mm-hmm. That is the only way we can do that. The consistency, right? There's, there's a saying, consistency is key. Mm-hmm. So are our words our actions, consistent, regardless of who we come into contact with, Mm -hmm. which neighbor, whether that's a brother or sister in Christ, whether that's someone we're just meeting off the street, or someone that is ultimately trying to do us harm. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean slander us or or Mm -hmm. persecute us. Our actions should be consistent. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 20 says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ Amen. as though God, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God for he, this is verse 21 for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Mm-hmm. So as someone's ambassador, it means that you do what? You consistently represent them in the way that they've already requested and um, stipulated they are to be represented in. And you don't take any um, liberties with that. You don't add to it. You don't take away. And you don't do anything to bring shame to that person that has sent you or that kingdom that has sent you to be an ambassador on their behalf. So when God asks us to honor the love commandment, basically, you can just kind of sum it all up in that, Mm -hmm. to prefer others ahead of yourself or instead of yourself, that that is to keep us and that is keeping in line with us being his ambassador. Now, there are times, like like we've, you know, we say in this ministry, 
at no point do you take the word of God and then push the Holy Spirit out of it. Absolutely Because not. he is the one who quickens you with the guidance that you need in the moment of how to respond and how to react. But when you are cloaked and have put on the love of God, whatever actions he tells you to do is going to be in line with that. Right? And as you interpret and look at the word of God and you let the Holy Spirit bring you revelation, it's always through the lenses and the eyes of this is what God wants and it's going to be love. However it comes Mm-hmm. However, it comes about. Exactly. And, you know, like, I just want to make this quick example. If someone were coming to physically harm your family members, like a, you know, robber or something of that Whatever, nature, right, yes. does God want you to stand there no. and look at them? And allow it to happen? No. Absolutely not. Okay. So he's he's also given us understanding of what we need to do (laughs) right but again i'll say the person that's just your neighbor that you may not like or agree with what they believe does he want you to go to fisticuffs with them (laughs) does he want you to you know no that that's not the same thing so make sure that you rightly divide the word and don't take one um, scenario and make it the the blanket for all that you do, and you know if a, a a robber is trying to break in the front door, please don't just open the door and let them in. Don't <laughs> for your well being. Don't do that. God is not asking us to be foolish. He's given us wisdom. Yes, He has. He wants us to be as wise as serpents, yet harmless as doves. So, but the attitude of submission is is. Walking in love. Absolutely. And, and I'll, I'll leave us here with this, right? Because Peter references Christ as our example. Mm-hmm. And the scripture that says, he will not, uh, raise his, his voice will not be heard in the street. And you can look at that two ways. Well, th- there were discrepancies that he dealt with with the Pharisees. He drove some people out of the, okay. the but, temple. All right. But what did the Pharisees try to do? Get him to... Um, counter or go against government, right? They asked him about the, the dairy, right? And whose who's face is on it? And, you know, should you pay taxes? And and Jesus instructed them, hey, no, this this is good. This is right. Whose face is on it? Then give to them what they've asked for. Mm-hmm. And give to God what he's asked for. So, again, rightly dividing the word of truth, being conformed to the image of Christ, exhibiting his nature and his character in all our lives in every aspect of our lives. All right? Yes. Yes. All right. Can I get someone to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, sir. Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord. Just thank you for how you've been moving in our lives, Lord, and how you've continued to bless those around us, Lord, and using us to bring others to you, Lord, so that way you can enjoy them, Lord, and have them for your will, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for people who are out in the world doing your will, Lord, and continuing to follow and listen to you as they go about their daily lives, Lord, and as they help others to see who you truly are, Lord, and how you truly act. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. and Have a wonderful day. 
Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.